Welcome to Kilo Train Podcast, Episode 3. We've got Jenny Eastler and Mackenzie Weirda on the episode today. Uh, with Jenny, we talk about training for health and her weight loss journey. And with Mac, we discuss training for competition and his experience at Kilo 2. Uh, they are two of the most disciplined people we've we've had on here and know. Um, they have an incredible mindset in regards to worrying about themselves instead of comparing themselves to each other or to others and uh episode three is brought to you by old 218 tap old 218 tap is located only minutes south of iowa city in hills iowa it's a hometown restaurant feel right outside of the city best tenderloins and burgers in the area has great daily lunch and dinner specials you can go follow them and check them on facebook and instagram handles are old 218 tap All right, Jenny, you want to give us a little background about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name's Jenny. Uh, I'm 54 years old. I'm a nurse from the... I work at the University of Iowa. Been here for a couple of years now. I moved from Davenport. Lived there my whole life. Got two boys, 24 and 19. Single. So you made your way to CrossFit Kilo 2 earlier this year in 2019. It wasn't 2018, right? You were here pretty much earlier beginning of this year, right? Correct. Okay. And you were uh, recommended the gym by a couple friends, right? Yeah. Elaine and Steve. Uh-huh. And you work with Elaine at the hospital? Correct. Is that right? Yeah. Correct. We work in the same department. So they had been doing CrossFit for quite a while, and you hadn't really ever done it before, and then they brought you to the gym one day. Can you tell us about that experience you had? Yeah, sure. Um, actually, I did do CrossFit for like a couple weeks before that, but I was training for a marathon. Oh. So I was more focused on running and didn't really go to the gym that much. That's how I met... Um, Elaine and Steve really at the gym, and then I started working with them with Elaine at the hospital. Um, so then I got finished my marathon, and Elaine came to work one day and said, Jenny, I went to a different gym. You have to check it out. I think you'd love it. So I remember calling up and coming in to see you, and I guess I didn't know what an evaluation meant because I came in, came in my regular clothes. <laughs> if you can remember that, I had my stinky feet. It was so embarrassing. But anyway, yeah, that's how I got to the gym was Elaine telling me how she had been there a couple weeks and how she just loved it and the atmosphere was really good and everyone was really welcoming at the gym, and she thought it would be a good place for me to come back and get more into CrossFit. Cool. Yeah, I don't remember the uh, consultation that we had because I've done quite a few since you joined. But uh, it sounds like you remember it quite well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so what were um, the first couple classes like for you? What did you think? Like, how was that transition into the new new gym at CrossFit Kilo 2? It was a little intimidating because I had done some research on CrossFit Kilo 2. My sister's from California. She's really into CrossFit. So she had checked your gym out, too, because I called her and said, hey, I'm going to CrossFit Kilo 2. Can you check that out for me? So she had checked it out and said, hey, there's a lot of really like top athletes that come out of that gym. So I was kind of intimidated when I got there. I wasn't sure if that was really going to be the place for me because I really didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. And But it wasn't intimidating when I got there because everyone was so welcoming, and I felt like... It was an environment that I could learn from, even just with the little PVC pipe, to actually lifting the bar up and then actually putting some weight on it. I felt like the transition from when I started to where I am now was really welcoming and easy to get into, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the progress that you've made in your in your short time at CrossFit Kilo 2 has definitely been inspiring, and it's also good to know that... Um, you did feel like you fit in after the first couple of sessions because we definitely get that a lot, mm-hmm. I would say, um, as a coaching staff. 
Um, you know, we'll get some new people who are thinking about signing up that, you know, come in to check the gym out, but they're hesitant thinking that, oh, that it might be, you know, too in- intimidating, which we, we understand where people are coming from, but it's just nice to know that, you know, once people do give it a shot, that it is a fun environment to be in. Yeah, I think a lot of people put judgment from others onto themselves where they just assume everyone else is judging them when really, like if we have a ton of new people, you get everyone so worried about themselves and what they have to do and like everyone's new, doesn't really know what's going on. So I think people just come in and uh, just assume that judgment when it's really not even happening. So did you feel like you had any issues with that where you felt like other people were judging you or you were worried about what you looked like when you were working out? Um, I think everybody probably worries about what they look like, but I don't ever, sorry, I don't ever feel like I was judged by anyone. I feel more, really like I was more encouraged because look, it seems like people at the gym will kind of maybe not that, not that they're watching to see if you're struggling, but if they notice that you are, they'll, they're really encouraging and they'll come over and say, Hey, try this. And maybe if you, you know, squat it down a little bit more or, you know, just step back and take a breath, you can do it. It's, there's a lot of encouragement from the other members, which I like a lot. And of, of course, from the coaches. Yeah, that's uh, one thing I try to also tell new people is people are usually in the middle of a workout, right? So they don't really think about anybody else because they're in the middle of a workout. They're tired. They're focusing on their reps. And it's like, okay, if you put that in perspective, it's like, well, I guess no one really has time to watch me because they're all, you know, kind of consumed by their workout and uh, the challenges that that they have for themselves. Um, So before you started CrossFit, you had made health and wellness a priority. When did that start for you? Um, I think it really started when I got a divorce because I was, you know, supporting but just my two boys. It was just me. So I, I started to think of what would happen if I wasn't around. So I really started to focus on myself. And I just really started looking into ways to get healthier. I tried everything. I mean, every diet out there known to man, I've tried it. And then um, I just started running really started walking from square to square and then I started running and then I um, realized as I was running and getting more fit and starting to really focus on what I was eating I'm not really a macro counter I guess I just portion my food out make sure I get a lot of protein drink a lot of water Um, but I really just was focused on feeding my body so I could perform better and live live longer for my kids really and for background, what was your baseline when you started this? Like for people that don't know. Oh, when I first started, like my weight loss journey or yeah. just my health yeah. journey, uh, I was living large. I was weighing, I weighed like 260 pounds, I think was my highest weight. I've lost 98 pounds. And so what I really have noticed by um, incorporating CrossFit into my regimen is that I'm now putting on muscle and I mean... I don't look like I want to look, but I do know that I am noticing like, hey, there's muscles where they weren't, where it wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. And I've got a lot of endurance now. I'm not the fastest runner, but I know, I noticed that adding CrossFit into my regimen when I'm running, I can run farther. It takes me, I still am slow, but my breathing's a lot better and my endurance is a lot better and I feel a lot better afterwards. And I really, I mean, give credit to CrossFit for that because it's made me a stronger all, all the way around. And I like to call myself an athlete now because you guys call yeah. us athletes in the gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think, <laughs> I, I think the, cool. the best terminology is we say we're training because that, that emphasizes that you're reaching towards a goal instead of just going in and getting a workout in. You're training. So everyone should always have a goal. Otherwise, it's kind of just a mindless deal we have going on. And uh, there's always there all, there's always progress. 
you could have going on. Um, I guess, where did you first start, uh, like, when you started your journey, where were you getting your info from before you entered the gym? Um, I really, when I first started in Davenport, I went to, like, um, Planet Fitness, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the, the No Judgment Zone. That's why I really went there, because I felt comfortable, like, I could go in there and no one was going to, no one really cared about what I was doing in there. But I did notice every year I went there, at the beginning of the year, I was always the same. And there was always these people that were coming and I'd be like, dang, she, why is she always, she never changes. She's just always athletic looking and here I come in every year and I'm still the same way. And I started to realize it was because she was dedicated. She was going to the gym all the time. I was kind of like the fair weather gym goer. Like I would Mm -hmm. go for a while and get really motivated and then I would fall off the wagon. So I was more off the wagon than I was on the wagon. And I just don't, I'm not really sure what happened at the mindset, but it was like about four years ago. I think it was really, like I said, getting divorced and knowing that my kids, I was the only one that I had, my kids had to depend on at that point. So, yeah, as a, as a coach, um, you know, training, training you, Jenny, that was, that's definitely one of the things I've noticed about you is your consistency and your discipline to continue to get into the gym, even when you had a schedule change. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think it was what, about a month ago. Mm -hmm where you're usually coming in in the PM session, um, 5.30 class every day with, with Elaine and Steve sometimes. Um, and then when you have the schedule change, like, oh, Jenny's here at the 5.45 class, and here she is again and again. And, and knowing that you have the discipline to stay consistent is, is why you're still making great progress. And, you know, that's great that you found, you know, that answer for, you know, for yourself. Right. And it was easy. What I worried about, too, with, like, with the transitioning from evening classes to day classes is sometimes you see in gyms where the day people are like maybe in your mindset, you think that there's the, that's where the athletes are or that's where the dedicated people are. That's There's probably these cliques that have already formed. So you're going to be yeah. going into, into a, a, an atmosphere where you're, you're not familiar with the, with the people there. But I'm a seasoned individual. I mean, I'm in my 50s. And... I'm really not into the clicky thing, but like Connie and Lisa there, they mm-hmm. just like totally were like, oh, hmm. here, what, what's your name? And kind of just brought me into the group, which was really, yeah. it was really cool to see that, that you could, I could come in and everybody was real nice. And they're great to have in yeah. class. You know, Connie's a hood and Lisa's there every single day, it seems like. And, you know, they're, it's good to have people who are consistently there too with you. And it just, you know, helps with accountability. Um, but what also is important is that you found consistency with nutrition too, it sounds like. Right. And you mentioned that you weren't necessarily a macro counter, which is something that's good to bring up because, you know, we don't think that there's any one specific diet that's right for everybody. Macro counting is very popular for a lot of athletes out there, you know, people who are looking to put on muscle or lose weight. But for you, it didn't, it wasn't really your thing. What sort of things help you be consistent with nutrition? I think it's just the way I feel because I notice when I go off track, like I used to love to eat like a big bag of uh, Kettle Cook Cheetos and Mm -hmm. watch TV and not do anything, you know, and I notice like if I, as long as I stay on my path, because I I meal prep every Sunday, no matter what, it's my, it's my thing. I have to meal prep because if I don't, then I'm going to be eating Cheetos and whatever garbage there is and feeling like crap. I don't want to feel like crap. Right. There it is again. The discipline, staying on the path. Discipline. Every Sunday. It's great. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of people just assume, uh, like the competitors, it's easy for them to not eat crap, whereas I would say it's just as hard. Like, the thing for me is I try to not buy it, because mm-hmm. if it's in the house, I'm going to eat it just like anyone else. Absolutely. There's no, there's no difference. 
it's just a matter of, like you said, discipline of st- avoiding those foods in the store and not buying them. Then you don't have to worry about it. Right. Because right. everyone, everyone loves sweets. Everyone loves salty stuff. It's just a matter of the discipline. Mm-hmm. Every now and then I, I like to reward myself. I'd say once or twice a week with ice cream or anything. Do you ever reward yourself for doing like really good job? You met a goal this week. I'm going to reward myself with this. Do you ever set goals like that? Um, I, what I try to do is just reward myself with maintaining my routine. Mm-hmm. Because I haven't always been a routine follower. And I know the trap that I can get myself into if I do that. But I mean, occasionally if I do, you know, if I stay on task for a month or so, I will have a beer or something. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty much routine-wise because... That's impressive. Good I job. Mean, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've lost... 90 pounds before, I've lost was, 75 pounds before, so I've seen what happens to myself when I go backwards. Yeah. For some of the listeners, that uh, to go in a little bit of detail with that weight loss, was that 90 pounds lost while your tenure at Kilo, or throughout when you decided, okay, now I'm going to make the, the step towards losing weight, and maybe that was a year before Kilo. Was that, like, when did that take place? Was that like a year-long thing? Did it happen in... Six, seven, eight months. It took me nine months to lose that weight. Okay. But I was really stringent on that. I carb cycled and I was really focused on, I mean, like measuring everything. I was yeah. really kind of anal, I guess, about it. But um, Did you so lose that weight before kilo? Before or did... kilo, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I've okay. maintained it for like for three okay. years. I'm on three years now maintaining that. Gotcha. So, yeah. And were there, were there times when you were losing the weight where you'd get stuck at a certain weight? Or was it continuous? Oh yeah, no. There's there was times where I would get stuck, where I was like, oh god, something's not happening, and I was tweaking stuff and trying to figure out what works. And I was really big about diarying my food back then, mm-hmm. to see what if I was maintaining, and then what was I eating that week, and then I would go back to what I did for the first when I was losing weight. So I was kind of teetering, tottering back and forth with what I was doing with my meal planning and stuff. Yeah, that part's important too. I know um, whether it's with speaking with different clients or you know just talking to anybody in general about nutrition. You ask them, hey, what what does a day in the life look like for, for your nutrition? Oh, it's it's pretty clean. You know, they'll say, I eat a chicken breast for lunch, this for dinner. You know, it all sounds great. And then you ask them to do what you said, take a food diary. And it's like, well, we kind of forgot about that glass of beer we had at night. You know, whether it was watching a football game. Or we kind of forgot about that dessert that we had. We went out for someone's birthday party. And those little things kind of take you off the path of consistency that you're talking about. Right, right. I mean, I, I do eat food. I just make better choices. I mean, mm. I have sweets. I make fat bombs and things like that. I just try to make better choices with what I'm doing. And has your has your mindset changed from when you do have those, like, little cheat meals, whatever people want to call them, like, from when you were first starting to, like, now? Oh, like yeah, what? because when I first started, I would not if, I wouldn't cheat no matter what. There no was matter what. Because I didn't want to not be successful. Because, I like, again, mm-hmm. I keep, I'm, I'm going back to my kids because I was trying to show them. What, you, what, what can happen to you if you just stay strong and in a routine and if you set goals? And I didn't want to disappoint them. They were like my, I don't know how to say it, but I just didn't. They were motivating Yeah, they were yeah. my motivation mm-hmm. to just, awesome. just to do good and to show them if you make a decision to stick with it, mm-hmm. no matter what, no matter what the struggles that come along. So, Yeah. Um, when the motivation runs out, though, what do you go back to? Oh, yeah, because it does. I mean, so I just restarted or recently went back to school. I'm going back to school to get my bachelor's degree. So I work full-time days, and then I, I'm taking nine hours on uh, online. So I'm not even going to class. I'm just doing online school. So you're basically so, re- setting yourself a new goal. Right, right. Yeah. So, But I do get stressed. I mean, I'm not, I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. But I just have to, 
I just have to, t- to talk myself off the ledge and remember what it's, it's not worth it. Because mm-hmm. I remember what I felt like when I was eating bad and not taking care of myself and going out every weekend and doing, you know, drinking all the time and mm-hmm. eating Cheetos, like I said. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I just don't want to feel that way. So. And how has your, your new behavior influenced your kids? My older boy just graduated and he just started a new job. My younger boy is in college and they look to, they look to me like my um, younger boy just called and he's going to step back at school and he's like, I know I'm being a disappointment because you're working full time and you're going to school and you're doing all these things. I'll get back on track. But they just kind of look to me like they're proud of me, I guess I would say. Really cool. Good stuff. Um, so... Going back to some CrossFit now at uh, at the gym. What are your favorite workouts? Like, what do you like to do at the gym? You know what? I pretty much like to like to do everything at the gym. I remember when I first walked in there I, to to the CrossFit gym, and I remember looking around. And I was, and then I found out Luke was going to be at the games, and I called my sister. I go, Oh my god, my coach is going to be at the games. <laughs> She's like, Oh my god, we're going to go. That was the best experience going to the games. That was fun. We're going to do that every year now. But awesome. um, so you know, you have this vision in your mind when you're walking in there, like, Oh, I bet you. I go to the game someday okay yeah no not really i'm not going to go to the games but really realistically i feel like i'm going to the games every time i go to the gym mm-hmm. and every time i add five more pounds onto the bar and i actually do the move where it feels like i'm doing it right and then i hear hey jenny good job you did that or i hear or like someone will say one of the coaches will say you know try this and then i see them walking over and i'm like oh god they're talking directly to me <laughs> and here they come and they're trying to you know but it's encouraging and you do you feel like a winner every time you go to the gym and you make a new move or you actually jump up on top of the box i mean you feel kind of like a bad i was gonna say a bad right, you can you can let it out oh you kind yeah. of feel like a badass <laughs> it's a right? you, podcast. you, you yeah. really do you, do you feel like a badass and then i leave awesome. the gym and i'm calling my sister who's really a really big crossfitter. I'll be like, oh my God, you won't believe it. I jumped out of the box. Not once, not twice, but like three times. I felt like a badass. <laughs> you know? Awesome. So. Do, you, do you find yourself in the trap of comparing yourself to other members ever? Or are you always focused on yourself and comparing yourself to... You know, know, I don't ever find myself comparing myself to them. I just find myself looking at them and having the desire to become like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's versus, the that's the right Versus like comparing myself mm-hmm. to them. Yeah, I think people, That's important. like especially just daily class members, get in the trap of thinking that, oh, I need to keep up with this person. Let me just do RX today when they're not really getting the correct stimulus and they're not performing the right technique and all of that. And um, it sounds like you have the, the best attitude possible. Yeah. For sure. I'll scale every day. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, you know, even though our workouts are, you know, written to be a group workout, you know, when we help people make workouts their own, I, I feel that if we have 10 people in class and everyone's doing maybe 10 different things and it all works for them to, in a better way, you know, we're all for it as coaches just because you're all different. Your needs are different. You have different things going on in your lives and it's good that you have that attitude to modify when, when needed to. Right. All right. Well, uh, do we have anything else for Jenny here? I don't think so. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast today, Jenny. It was a pleasure to have you and uh, keep up the hard work in the gym. It's great having you class and you're very inspiring and motivating to everyone else alongside you and to us coaches too. You're so nice. Thank you very much. Thanks for what you guys do for us. Awesome. One. Again, episode three is brought to you by Old 218 Tap. 
Old 218 Tap is located only minutes south of Iowa City in Hills, Iowa. Has a home restaurant feel right outside of Iowa City. Has some of the best tenderloins and burgers in the area. They have great daily lunch and dinner specials. You can go check them out and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Handle is Old218Tap. All right, we're into part two with Mackenzie Weirda, a.k.a. Mac, a.k.a. Mac Daddy. A.k.a. Snack Daddy. Snack Daddy for the ladies. <laughs> That's a new one I haven't heard. <laughs> so he's a coach at Kilo 2 as well. Um, we've known him for a while, and yet we don't know him at all. Not at all. I've lived with him for a while, and I still don't know him. <laughs> so Mac... Uh, let's get a little info for the people about uh, your background. Like growing up, where'd you grow up? How'd you end up at Iowa? Alright, so I've been around a bit. Um, I was born in Missouri, then moved to California for a few years. And then I think when I was five, I was here in Coralville for about ten years. Um, and then after freshman year, moved to Colorado, finished out high school there, and then I came back here, I guess, three, three and a half years ago for college. Yeah. So. Yeah, I remember, oh man, this was... <laughs> first couple of weeks probably of the gym being open and there was this freshman who would arrive to the gym before I would oh, yeah. at 4.30 in the morning I'd see him outside every single day it didn't matter what the weather was raining, snow, snow. <laughs> uh, pitch dark this kid would just be pacing back and forth in front of the door just itching wait. to get in the gym I'm like this guy is freaking dedicated. I love it. Freshman in college, unreal. Yeah. So how were those walks to the gym early in the morning? Like, what was what was going through your head? Like, you obviously found CrossFit Kilo too. What were you doing before you found us? Because we opened the gym. Well, we would have been open for business just before school started. But what were you doing prior to that? Um, you mean like. Here in Iowa City or just in general? Yeah, in general training. Like, what were you doing before you found Cross Aquila 2? Uh, so, when I first got here for school or whatever, um, I just went to the rec center because I kind of Googled CrossFit. The only one was Willow Creek, which was like a 20-minute walk, which is too far. Mm-hmm. So, I'd go like, I think the first couple of weeks, maybe three, I'd go like Saturdays only and just kind of do some lifting, do the class wall and come back. Um, and then I think I saw you guys doing like a backwards run one day. I saw a bunch of people doing it outside. I was like, it's got to be fucking CrossFit. Like, no one else is that dumb. So yeah. I saw like garage <laughs> So I like re-Googled it again. I was like, oh shit, they opened up. So then I just kind of walked in next Monday or something. She's like, hey, I want to sign up. Well, I remember when he would he would come in that early. We'd have the class start up front. And he'd all, you'd always be in the back corner doing whatever you're doing. Oh, yeah. You would just go yeah, find your own little space. Program. What were you doing? What was your programming then? Yeah, fuck. I didn't have any real programming. Um, I'd done some weightlifting when I was younger. And so when I got here, it wasn't a CrossFit gym. So I was like, okay, I'll get back into it. So I just kind of looked up a bunch of stuff about, like, um, some basic beginner templates from, like, Glenn Penley and, like, some uh, Chinese weightlifting stuff and just kind of, like, mashed it all together. And I just kind of did that at the rec center. And then when I started here, just, like whatever, just keep doing it, so I just do that morning, and then, I think I came back in the afternoon for class walk, right, I think, you probably, remember, you you probably, probably remember. did, yeah, but, you're pretty out of it most days back then, yeah, <laughs> still I'm out of it from time to time, but, um, so it sounds like you were, I mean, that's competitive stuff you're bringing up, I mean, you're, you're talking about these competitive templates for weightlifting, and yeah. just for more performance structure, so that is one, is that one of the reasons why you wanted to get into CrossFit? Um, yeah, I, 
I've been like training, I guess, working out for a while, um, and I liked it, but I kind of it always sort of bothered me that there wasn't anything more to it. That's kind of why I played sports, is so I didn't just like go to the gym and then not do anything. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like when I saw CrossFit, it was like training, and then you're basically just training to train, which is what I like. So that kind of was like, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So when did you start getting into our competitor <laughs> programming? Um. Probably a couple months in, I think. I think you just kind of mentioned to me one day, like, hey, you should give, give our competitors programming a try. Austin, you did. And then I was like, all right, that sounds cool. Then I just kind of reminded you one day. It's like, oh, yeah, just share it with me. And then just kind of started doing it. Mm-hmm. I think think that's a good topic we should dive into is, is uh, we, have, we have some members right now wondering about when you should start competitor programming. Yeah, and... You know, if competitor programming is even, you know, what's meant for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, sometimes, you know, we've had some more members come up in the, in the recent past who are wanting just some more volume, some more training. And that doesn't mean they need to be doing what competitors are doing because a lot of it, you know, can be high skill. Sometimes they just need more aerobic work on a true form runner, a bike or a concept two rower, just something a little extra than what the class might offer. But, um, the competitor programming that we do, you know, is it, it demands a lot out of you and you need to definitely have your head screwed on right going into it and you need to have the right intentions with it too. I mean, and I think one of the issues is that when people join competitor programming, like at our gym or other gyms is they automatically jump out of class. Yeah. And all, Armin does a great job. It's always at least the, the Metcom for the day is included in our programming. Mm-hmm. Where people jump out of class and like you and me, Austin and I are really busy throughout the day. So we don't really have a ton of extra time to take time to, you know, help the competitors with their with their lifting technique and all that. So you're missing out on that throughout like weeks and weeks where like, yeah, it is boring and repetitive to do your progressions over and over and over. But when you join in class, it forces you to do that and, and um, you get that practice. I think competitors start to get away from that where it's... Yeah, they do. Um, and uh, just like you said, the coaching is, mm-hmm. you know, you're still getting coached, which is important, you know, as an athlete, um, having people give you feedback, whether it's somebody next to you or just, you know, me or you or Coach Julie, Coach yeah, Katie. I think, Mac, you used to work out by yourself a lot, right? Now yeah. you, you've done a good job about jumping into class. What's the difference you've noticed in, like, intensity? Um, yeah, with class is good. It's just having other people to push you is nice. Um, obviously training with you guys can be good too. Um, but I think, uh, it's just, it's harder when you're just alone. You don't really have like, you don't know what pace to go at. You don't know what you should try to be going unbroken on, what you need to break up. Mm-hmm. So just going with class just kind of gives you people to kind of, they're there, they're doing it. They're also kind of embracing the suck, I guess. And you just kind of keep pushing through it. I remember it took the longest time. Just to convince you to work out with the boys every now and then. I, I remember in 2000, summer of 2017, going into uh, January 2018, I'd always ask you, hey, you going to do the wad with us? And you always neglected it for some reason. I'd love that you, you're all about it right now, but I just remember those first few years there. It's like, man, we got to get this guy just... Hit the like we forced you a few times. Yeah. It's like get we have your barbell ready. We're going in ten seconds. Get over here. You can do your lifts after. Yeah, that was a good memory. Yeah, and I think um, to continue on that topic of when you should start, like not to offend people, but it does matter how like 
maybe not how athletic you are, but how like your background as well of how quickly you can pick things up mm-hmm. and be able to do that stuff on your own. Because there are people, I mean, it, if you don't have a background in lifting or like sports, it's going to take you a little bit longer to pick stuff up and be able to do them on your own and be able to take one cue and use it. Whereas maybe in class you can get multiple cues to try different things. So I think uh, if you are thinking about joining competitive programming, it's it's just independent on, on yourself and not so much like a set timeline, mm-hmm. in, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I had done weightlifting before, so it's yeah, easy so to kind of... a good background. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't great at it, but I'd only done it for a couple of years, and I'm still getting better, but I had that background, so if I see, like, a power clean on there, I don't have to go to somebody and ask, what's a power clean? Like, I know what it is, I know what to do, mm-hmm. you know, which makes it easier to actually get through the amount of volume we do. And that was one of the things I always noticed about you as an athlete when you uh, first came on, was you were, you had really sound fundamentals with weightlifting, so... It was like, okay, this, this guy has potential not only to be, you know, a good competitive CrossFitter, but that's when the thought started to enter my mind is, oh, I could maybe bring this guy on as a coach too. And, um, you know, you started coaching for me back, I want to say, was it early 2017 is when I hired you? Yeah, I think sometime before summer I may have started shadowing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember, after spring break maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Is Kilo the first gym that you've coached? coach yeah cool sure. how nervous were you to do your first class oh by yourself very nervous <laughs> i remember that first class this was back yeah, when yes because like, how old just... were you also <laughs> tell the know. listeners actually how old are you because when they watch this youtube video they may think you're about 50 years old i i am currently 21 i'm okay. almost 22 are you single <laughs> yeah, uh, I did think you were like 35 when you first came to the gym so did there, i there i went up to austin and i asked me I thought you were older than all the coaches. There have I'll been never forget that. People, and I, I thought you were thirty. Yep. Oh yeah, every person I talk to who hears my age is like, "What?" <laughs> not going to ever believe me. It's crazy. When you were a you were a closed book when you started, you started to open up a little bit. But I just remember one of your first classes because you never talked. To you didn't talk any, at all. Anyone yeah. outside coaching, and all of a sudden, Mac. <laughs> Full speed, oh, yeah. talking as fast oh, yeah. as he can. You've gotten a lot better yeah. since yeah. then. You used to be the whiteboard dude that would just, in two seconds, you've explained the wad. <laughs> and already gone through the warm-up. The announcements are already rattled off. Yep. He was yeah. on a roll. Just flipped complete 180 personality. <laughs> like a set of firecrackers going off on the 4th of July. But yeah. yeah. He told me I had to be social. So I was like, all right. Let's go. It on. Yep. Going at it. Yep, you flipped to the other end of the spectrum there. Yeah, um, yeah. You've I, really improved, by the way. I'm not going. Yeah, you've really. Yeah, I've been trying. You're, 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 you're a really good coach. Tried to slow down, but I remember the uh, the first time you coached, and this was this was before the demo. This was before all of that, and you know, sitting aside from you know the rapid fire pep talk at the start, you did it. You did do a very good job, and. Um, that just uh, was like a breath of fresh air. It's like, okay, you know, I'm giving this kid a shot. He's 18 years old. You know, he obviously is interested in coaching. He he can do a lot of the stuff CrossFit offers. But once I saw how you showed you cared for our members, how you gave good coaching cues uh, with different athletes, um, was was very cool to see. And see you grow as a coach too has been awesome. Okay, so we have a lot of college students 
uh, at Iowa, obviously, and then yep. the Kilo Gym up there is, has you and I, and um, I think it's a it'd be a good topic to dive into is how do you balance your goals as far as um, coaching and uh, competitive programming? Because you're out, like it doesn't matter that you're just coaching. Like college students have to balance a job sometimes, and then if they're trying to just get in, even for a workout, like you're putting in two hours a day. So some kids will tell us they don't have time for one hour. Yeah, it's kind of bullshit. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, Taste. I... <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, I'm a full-time student. Um, after my freshman year, I got a part-time job in a lab, too. Um, so doing that and coaching and training. So uh, there's definitely time. It's just kind of, like, I have my certain set class times. I try to, you know, when I'm setting my schedule, I try to kind of crunch them all together. So I have, like, space outside of them. Um, but otherwise, it's just kind of, like, you get your schedule, I'll tell, like, the lab what times I can work, or I'll give Austin what times usually you'll program me or schedule me in, and then I'll go to the lab when I'm not coaching, and then um, it's just kind of just kind of plan it out at the beginning of the month, I guess. We do it monthly, schedule-wise, and then kind of set aside chunks of time to go train, you know? So, like, right now, most of my classes are um, kind of, like, middle of the day-ish, like, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I just have one class, so it's easy to kind of, like, coach train in the morning, train in the afternoon, and then if I got to, like, coach or work, I'll just kind of, like, I'll work midday, and then coaching is kind of whenever you program me, and then I'll just train outside of that. Yeah, so you're prioritizing your goals. Yeah, yeah. Yes, so exactly. Obviously, so training is a priority for me, so I just mm-hmm. set aside chunks of time where I know I can get everything done in them, and then when that time comes, I just go to the gym and train. Um, yeah, I think that's a big lesson because people will come <laughs> in and they tell us they don't have time, and it's... If you're gonna if you're gonna tell us that your goal is to get fitter in the gym, then you will make that a priority. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, then that's that's up to you. But if you're gonna tell us that, then then make it a priority rather than you know just using that as an excuse when time starts to run out. Because like Jenny, we talked about Jenny earlier. She switched from PM five, class yeah, to morning five thirty PM yeah. to five forty five AM. Yep. Just to make time because of the <laughs> discipline and the goal she had. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people tend to kind of, oh, I'll go train if I finish my homework, if mm-hmm. I finish studying. But for me, it's like I go train and then I study, you know, yep. and then if I have to, like, stay up a little bit late to study or do homework, that's just kind of what has to happen, you know, if I got to. And really, back when you were a freshman, you're, you were waking up 4.30 in the morning to get to the gym yeah. to, to train and get that done. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone forgets that they do have some hours in the day at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., yeah. It's yeah, to waking up at nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's not easy, but if you you know if it's a goal you have, something you want to achieve, then you you have ways to do it. Yep. Yeah. So, what are some goals you have right now for for training? Uh, you know, I don't really have that many goals training wise. Um, I don't actually like same here. Here, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't really like competing that much. Um, I kind of I enjoy training for the sake of training. Um, oh. My uh, <laughs> main goal, I want to be better. Obviously, doing competitors programming is kind of getting me better at an accelerated rate. Um, and then outside of that, just I think it's important uh, to be healthy. But for me, I just want to see how fit I can be. You know, obviously, cool. like 10, 20 years from now, when I'm older, like I won't have as much potential as now. So, so, so what's your motivation then, other than being fit? Yeah. You know, like, um, why are you putting in two hours a day? Because you could be fit doing one hour. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I enjoy it. It's obviously surrounded by you guys and people at the gym or by like-minded people who have similar values and stuff, so it's a good environment to be in. Um, But outside of that, I mean, I've been working out for about eight years now, 
or eight and a half maybe. I think eight of that has been like six days a week. So I mean, at, at this point, it's just a habit. Like you just, I just go to the gym and train at some point in the day. Yeah. You know? I don't think it's obsessive. <clears throat> no, I no. think you literally, you really love it. <clears throat> That's cool. Yeah, it's a passion of yours. It's yeah, not just a hobby; it's a thing you do, and you you make it a part of your life. Yeah, um, yeah. Pushing the envelope is. I mean, it's what what do they call that? Intrinsic motivation. Yeah. Just yeah. like you said, seeing what your body can do, because you know when you're 50, 60 years old, you're not going to have those same abilities. Um, so that's really cool. Yeah, I think another another good topic we should dive into with, as you said, pushing your limits is, with competitive training is just that. So. You've dealt with some injuries, and yeah, it's the few. yeah probably <laughs> maybe due to some of the competitive programming, but I think that yeah. when you are trying to compete to be your fittest, absolute fittest, you're riding that fine line between health and fitness, and like there were times where there's 315 deadlifts in a workout, and your max is what, 335? <laughs> Yeah. And you're still doing 315, mm. which yeah. punishment. We just had the uh, open workout that was 21159 <laughs> deadlifts, handstand pushups, and then 21159 heavier deadlift. And I remember 2018, I was judging Mac in that open workout, and I said, "Hey, so you're gonna be you're gonna be good at the 315 weight? Are we scaling this?" He's like, Wait, "Oh, we'll see." <laughs> but uh, it is like 95 percent of my max. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, that's kind of the difference between competitor and training for health like when we talk with Jenny is where you're, you should be pushing your limits when you're training for health in that one hour, but not to the point of compromising any sort of technique, Right. whereas competitive fitness, you're, you're riding that line where it's more about speed and uh, your time, which, you know, if that's your goal, then, then that's up to you. You know, what, what do you have to say about that, Mike? Um, yeah, I think just when you're trying to be like competitive, you're just kind of, you're trying to be as fit as possible, as fast as possible. And like, you're being healthy, you can take it slow and really kind of like take time to build up volume and get everything strong and get used to stuff. But if you're trying to be competitive and you're trying to get to that level, it's kind of, yeah, just kind of have to push it sometimes. And it's definitely not healthy. I wouldn't recommend it if that's not a goal of yours. But, um, if you're, you know, if that's something that you want to do, you have to recognize that you have to kind of put in a lot of time, a lot of effort. Yeah, that's just the sport of it. I mean, you go into any sport and you can go into any other fitness sport like powerlifting or, you know, competitive running and like people who are doing these ultra marathons, you hear about that. I mean, they're getting, you know, messed up, you know, 60, 70 miles, 150 miles in. And if you hear, oh, they're on crutches the next, you know, couple of weeks. And it's like, well, yeah, that's, it's not exactly a healthy healthy thing to do but again it's you're you want to see what you can what you can do with yourself i mean you have you have one life to live and you know you have that drive and motivation to see okay what what can mckenzie were to do in the sport of crossfit and uh so that's definitely motivating yeah and you've really improved a lot i'd say more than what we have in the past two years with where you started coming in two kilo uh like we're you're caving in on all three of us in certain work, especially with burpees. I mean, you pass, pass me oh, a long gosh, time he, ago with I'm, that. Yeah, so, I mean, you're short arms. Your hard work short and training, arms, you're, you're it's making off. great, yeah, paying off great dividends for you, so keep that up. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, it is by far, you, I, I would just say, are by far the most improved mm-hmm. kilo-trained athlete that, that we've had at, at Kilo 2, at least. Yeah. 
I mean, we've only, you know, been in business now for three and a half years, but I can easily say that you are definitely the most improved athlete yeah. from where you started. And do you have any regrets in regard to competitor training? Like, like we talked about, you've had some injuries. If you want to go into that, like, do you think that was due to maybe going a little bit too heavy, um, trying to ignore things when you should have maybe not pushed through them? You know, especially, like, I think if you are... I know what you're trying to say, like, being smart about how to get better. Yeah, because especially if you're not interested in competing, it's probably a better idea to take a step back, fix that issue instead of pushing through, you know, whereas, you know, like, in a football game, guy rolls his ankle, tapes it up, goes back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're, if you're close to, like, a big competition, maybe that's the time, if that's your goal, you don't want to miss that. You're going to push through that and then worry about it after. But uh, so, what what made you push through that instead of? Uh, yes, taking that I step mean, back? obviously, like I'm pretty young. Some is just immaturity, just not knowing, um, yeah. lack of knowledge and stuff. Um, a lot of it too is like I had like a shoulder issue for a while. I really recently got that fixed. It's just kind of been, just kind of having to think, like take a step back and get it fixed. But one of the reasons the shoulder, at least, is just because like I learned butterfly pull ups in like a couple days. Like I I picked up gymnastic skills pretty quick. And then we just had a workout with, like, 50 pull-ups. And, like, I've done that with kipping. So I was like, oh, butterfly pull-ups are easier. It'll be fine. And I just, like, jumped in and just had the new motion I wasn't used to. And then just kind of injured that. And it just, you know, at that age, like, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I had to, like, get used to the actual motion rather than just, like, you know, jumping up and flailing around. Yeah. That's a good point you brought <laughs> up. I mean, butterfly pull-ups are definitely a competitive way to complete pull-up reps. Mm-hmm. And... Like you said, you didn't really have resiliency with that movement. And so to our listeners, you know, who are um, dabbling with the idea of, you know, doing competitor programming or just completing workouts as a competitor would, like with with butterfly pull-ups, building strength with those skills before putting them to the test in a workout when you're going for speed is is very important. Yeah, I remember... Back in 2014, I had the worst bicep tendonitis of my life. Could barely kip for one of the open, or yeah, 2014. Could barely kip. Next week, we had like 60 toe to bar to do, and I was doing two at a time because I couldn't even get pull through the bar. It hurt so bad. But And like you mentioned before, with like a football player rolling his ankle in a football game, you were in the middle of our quote unquote, our game time. Like the yeah. open workout is, that's our sport. We were in the game, you were in the game, so you had to push through it then. Um, whereas when you're in training, whether it's, you know, a couple of weeks out or a couple of months out from an event, you can be a little bit smarter with your decision-making. Okay, I need to patch this up before I turn the Jets on again. I think, Mac, you made a great point where um, you were immature. I feel like I was the same way where it's like I, I need to do this right now. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, it's, it's easy to say it now. Because, you know, you have that hindsight bias, but it definitely would have helped a lot to build a better base as mm-hmm. far as balancing out uh, unilateral strength, things like that, to avoid injuries. Um, and I think we do get some young people in there that, that start to try to make the same mistakes we did. And it's it's hard to convince them because all they're worried about is the present moment mm-hmm. instead of worrying about, you know, you have a long training age. You're trying to be able to train until you're until you die. Absolutely. Yeah, the uh, I mean, just think about how much CrossFit has to offer. And when you, yeah, everybody wants to do it at a high level, you know, early on when they get into the sport of it. But, you know, 
if you can just step back and give yourself time to progress and get strong with everything first and soak up knowledge, like you said, you know, so you can kind of be disciplined and be mature about how you progress will help you along the way too. stay injury free, at least give you a lot better odds too. You're virtually injury free right now, right? I'm pretty good. Yeah, I got some like random stuff, but I think everyone does. Nothing big. You think main attribute to that is just uh, doing the right things, being a little bit more smart, uh, filling those gaps and weaknesses. Yep. Yeah. um, Yeah, like eating better, make sure you get enough protein. Definitely had recovering better. Sleeping sleeping more. Yeah. Holy shit. Sleeping more. Prehab is always there for you too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I see you doing a lot of prehab drills, which is important. Yeah. Yeah, man, you haven't been. Yeah, last time I talked to you, when you talked about injury, we're talking almost half a year ago, right? Well, well you almost pulled that hammy spring yeah. up the, <laughs> the Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> right before fall, right? Right if you pulled hamstrings this year. Yeah, I forgot about times. that. But I, I think our listeners could definitely take a page out of Jenny's book, where she she has the definitely has the right mindset of focusing on herself. Because with injuries, yeah. it's very easy to come into class or go into the gym for competitor training or whatever and, and see what everyone else is doing mm-hmm. and being worried about falling behind. And I, I know I've struggled that, with that. I hurt my knee, uh, was it 2017 and 2018? It was very hard to not squat. I still did it mm-hmm. a little, probably a little too much um, than what I should have. But it was just hard seeing everyone else squat. And you think you're getting past when you're really not. You can always build yourself build yourself a better base to end up getting stronger and uh, you'll, you'll come back a lot quicker than you think you will. Yeah. Yeah. To talk about squatting, we obviously know my hips are not fantastic. Um, but I remember like, I think last year at the start of the summer, I kind of kind of took a step back. I was like, all right, I need to fix this, you know? So I kind of took like a month or two where I didn't really squat like at all. I was just kind of like grabbed like a pull-up bar or the uh, onto the rig, just forced my hips down in that position mm-hmm. and then kind of... Once I got used to squatting to depth, you know, which is important for knee health to kind of remaxed, I was down to like 275, and which kind of sucked having to go off that. But, you mm-hmm. know, it's been like a year and a half-ish now. I back up to 345, which was more than I, what I could Most be have ever done, yeah. Yeah, so it's just kind of, even if you're competitive, sometimes you have to take a step back, fix something, and then rebuild it back up. Yeah, I had your... terrible, terrible knee tendonitis last February. And it took yeah. all the way until, it was really July. <clears throat> well, maybe it was because I didn't really train all summer. I think that had a large, uh, as mainly reason why. But uh, I think taking a step back from that training for me led to basically being tendonitis free. Yeah, now, I don't sure. wear knee sleeves or do anything like that no more. My knee feels great. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just kind of like taking an off season. I mean, yeah. a lot of times, you know, with CrossFit, People are training as if they have their competition, you know, a week later all year round Mm -hmm. and they never give themselves a break just to kind of deload and, you know, reset themselves. I mean, imagine an NFL football player playing games every Sunday all year round. You're just going to wreck yourself. Mm -hmm. So resiliency is part of it, too. You got to be healthy to be in the competition the following year and the year after that and the year after that. Otherwise, you know, you're going to have a really short <laughs> lifespan as a CrossFit competitor. Yeah. Of course, saying that, though, like sometimes our times just have to kind of push through it a little bit, too, if you want to be competitive. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 And understanding injury from soreness. Yeah. 
and not getting those two mixed yeah, up. Yeah, I think that's that's a big difference between competitor and training for health is, you know, there's going to be those days where you are trashed mm-hmm. and you still need to get in the gym and get the work done. Whereas maybe, well, and not just get the work done, but get the intensity in. Yeah. And, and especially with what we preach at Kilo Training, you know, it's, it's intensity over um, anything else with those workouts. Whereas maybe if, if you're just crushed going into class the next day, just make sure you're moving well. You don't have to hit the weight that you planned on. It's totally fine. Whereas, you know, competitor, you're, you're riding that line a little bit, a little bit differently. Yeah. yeah. I'd agree. So where do you see yourself in a year from now? Do you see yourself still training across a kilo two? Do you see yourself, where do you see yourself? And when do you graduate? Uh, so I graduate in December. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, so I graduate in December. Um, studying computer science. Um, so I'm trying to stay in the area. I'd like to stay at the gym. Obviously, cool. you know, Kilo Two is one of the best gyms around, as far yep. as I can tell. It's kind of I've looked like a couple other places for jobs, and it's like it's hard to find good gyms where you can like actually have like open gym time, kind of do your own thing and train stuff. Um, I think so. I'd like to stay here. If I got to move, I have to do it. Um, I don't think I'll stop training though. Again, like I enjoy doing it. Want to see how fit I can be. So if it's here, do you think you'll else, keep with the competitor programming or probably narrow it down a little bit? Um, probably. I said probably depends how kind of stressful the job is, how long it takes me to kind of get comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, if if there's not cool. like a good gym around, if I have to like build my own or do a home gym or something, it may. May just have to take a while just because I can't do everything. You know, yeah. if I don't have a skier, I can't ski. Always do you know. something. Just ride yeah. to work. Yeah. Which isn't new to you. No, it's not. <laughs> Used to that. So there was a time where you actually lived with me. And. Uh oh. <laughs> Let's do it. And I'll say that there was. You were a great tenant and you definitely you know, were disciplined. Stay, same schedule every single day. Um, what was it like living with the boss? Did that scare you at all when you were living with me? Um, not because you're the boss. Uh, I mean, a little bit, yeah, for sure. A little scary. Oh. Probably didn't but, know uh, him that long either, did you? No. Or were you more scared of living in the same house as Meredith? That was definitely <laughs> like a little bit bigger fear. Like you're, <laughs> you're there, this is like another step up. But. Yeah, that, it's her house. You weren't living yeah. in my house. You're living there. Yeah, house. so Meredith's great. But uh, no, it was a lot of it was just because I never lived on my own before. So that was weird. Um, I was like growing up, you know. I mean, my parents would make me eat, like vegetables and stuff, but I didn't really know like because you were coming out of the dorms, right? When you yeah. needed a place, and I was like, "Hey, Mac, you know, we Meredith and I would just got a house and." You were before Street, right? Yeah, I was just before Street. Right, yeah. So I knew we were like, oh yeah, we you know we got a couple open bedrooms. Just come live with us, man. It'll be it'll be easy. You'll be able to stay in your routine as a coach, as a competitor. Yeah. And uh, you know, I thought it was a real good transition for you, looking for your next place from there. Yeah, it was good. And where I woke up, it was, um, it was a Sunday. I remember this. It was a Sunday, and I get up, and I'm you know half asleep, walk into my kitchen, and I see my car coming back into the house, and I'm like, what the hell? Did you borrow his car? Mac borrowed the car without asking me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. And I'm standing in my kitchen in my underwear, and, I'm, and Mac comes in the garage door. Oh, did you have like a gun or something out No, right? I didn't. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just like, Mac, where, where the hell were you with my car? It's 8 in the morning on a Sunday. <laughs> 
He actually, uh, yeah. he just kind of casually came in with like three different grocery bags. Oh, I went to IBU and got some groceries. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, man, just ask next time. That'd be good. Oh, Austin oh, walked like... around the corner in his red robe with some nunchucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was cool. I was like, oh, you know what? I overreacted. Mac obviously wasn't going to do anything bad with my car. He has a bike. He needs a grocery shop. I don't blame him. Well, I thought it was, I asked you. No, you The previous week. I thought it was like assumed. Oh, you know what? You're right. You did ask me the previous week. Yeah. And then you made the assumption, oh, yeah, I can take his car. Well, I was like, is it okay if I use your car to get groceries? Like, oh, yeah. yeah, Someday at 3 a.m. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Depending on the phase of the gym that Austin was working on, his memory could be a little blurry. (laughs) Yeah. It was, I was probably under a lot of stress at the time, but no, it was. It was just kind of more funny thinking about it. I just wanted to give you a hard time more than anything because I knew you were going to do anything wrong with my car. Yeah. It was just it was just a funny moment. I didn't realize you were like mad really. Like a I really wasn't. I just like, sometimes <laughs> want to get pissed off just for being pissed off. Just, yeah, get some stress just out. Let, exactly. The just, Bears probably weren't doing good. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, another missed field goal today. Obviously had my temper up. I forgot about that, Luke, until <laughs> But another favorite Mac moment of mine was actually very recently at the Central Regional in the final event where there was a high volume set of ring muscle ups oh, that you could divide between three oh, people. And it was it was <laughs> between him and Mason and they'd switch <laughs> off and I remember Mac getting on those rings and well, Mac, I'll let you say the story or Austin because I, I remember walking. I remember watching Mac. Well, we were warming up. They were in the heat before us. I remember specifically looking at Austin. I went. And I I yelled. I said, "Hey, are you looking at this guy's ring muscle ups?" <laughs> and I'm pointing. I'm like, "Look at those. He's not getting no reps. This guy's a turkey." <laughs> <laughs> well, I I just remember. I mean, you know how local competitions go. Obviously, you have amateur judges and people who are volunteering their time. And, you know, the angle that your judge had on you was, I think she had more of a straight on look and you have a short wingspan to begin with. And I remember watching from a different angle and I'm like, oh my God, those are the shortest locked out dips I've ever seen in my entire life. And I look down, Micah's just kind of looking at me. He's looking back at you. And I'm pointing at he's you. He's pointing. He's freaking out. Are he's like, seeing are you this? seeing this? And I'm like, Micah, cool it. And then I see the judge kind of change angles and she's like... She comes up to you after you do like your, you did like fifteen in a row. You did, ripped out yeah. a lot of them, and she's yeah. like, "You need to lock out a little bit more." <laughs> like, okay. Pressing straight backwards. <laughs> so for a while there at the gym, we were definitely. Oh yeah. Okay. Hey, we're Mac, not letting it go for a little while. Lock out your dips, buddy. <laughs> I practiced. I was there the next day. I oh, you were. You were. Now they're good. Now they're good. Yeah, it's, sometimes you can't always can't win them all. feel it out. No. Yeah. She didn't say anything. She's just like. You're good, so I going. <laughs> and that's what any <laughs> what smart do? competitor would do. Yeah, are you going. sure, Judge? You, you, this is a good. Are you sure about it? <laughs> say so. I mean, yeah. you did that with me Friday with my deadlift, so you just keep going with the flow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've taken Man, some. You, you lost that pull. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we got to we got to clean up some movement here between you two. But yeah, it's all right. uh, the deadlifts were fine. Uh, <laughs> so it's because Mac was judging you. Yeah. I mean, you're in, you're in signed up for the open. I give you some leeway. You don't need to do that. All right. On that note, I think we'll uh, close up episode three. Mac, you're a great guest. Hope you had fun. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Mac. Make sure you uh, share share the episode if you enjoyed it. Check out episodes one and two. We, you can follow us on 
Kilo Train underscore podcast on Instagram. And also we have CrossFit Kilo 2 and CrossFit Kilo on Instagram too. And on YouTube. Yes. Uh, go hit subscribe. Uh, you can type in Kilo Train Podcast episode 1, 2, and number 3 will be up soon. Yep. And then it's under Micah's uh, YouTube. Yep. All right. Thanks. Good.